You're listening to a not-for-print podcast, independent Australian podcasting. Hey everyone, just before we get into this week's episode, I just want to let you know that All My Friends Are In Bar Bands is doing a live episode. Sorry, did I say episode? I mean episodes. We are doing two live episodes back-to-back at the Vanguard in Newtown on October 25th. The early show will start at 6.30 and the late show will start at 9. We have some very special guests lined up, including Alex the Astronaut and Elfresh the Lion for the first episode and Sarah Blasco for the second episode. There is still more to be announced, but you can get tickets now from moshticks.com.au, thevanguard.com.au, or by clicking the link in the show notes for this episode. All right, let's get into it. This episode of All My Friends Are In Bar Bands was recorded on the land of the Wurundjeri people. We pay our respects to elders past and present and acknowledge that sovereignty was never ceded. This always was and always will be Aboriginal land. Enjoy the episode. Folks, David James Young here, back for another week of All My Friends Are In Bar Bands. I hope you are safe. I hope you are well. It's been a while. It's been a little while. Uh, We officially did it. We cleared out the Bar Bands archive, which means everything that you were going to be hearing from this point on has been recorded recently. Yes, we have some fresh ones coming to you with a bunch of brand new guests. And first cab off the rank is Fanny Lumsden. Fanny is a Australian award-winning country artist that has been doing the rounds for several years now. She is best known for putting on the Country Halls Tour, which, as the title suggests, sees her head around to a myriad of uh, remote and regional parts of the country to perform. She is a beloved performer and, yeah, one of the hardest working people in Australian country music. We recorded this out in Tuma. We recorded this out uh, near the Snowy Mountains, out at Fanny's house. And you might be wondering, David, why were you all the way out in Tuma? Well, full disclosure, I was going to be part of a video series for Great Southern Nights, the uh, ARIA-led campaign to have a thousand COVID safe shows happening across New South Wales. I got pulled in for that and we went down to shoot for a few days at Fanny's farm, which included me talking to Fanny and learning a bit more about her life in that area of the world. Unfortunately, I was cut. Ultimately, they wanted to go more with a a touristy kind of thing and not have a host running through the whole thing kind of making it more location-based than personal-based. Anyway, <laughs> ultimately, uh, I was cut. I still got paid. Don't don't get it twisted. Uh, I, I wouldn't have done all of that if there wasn't uh, something at the end of it. But yeah, look, it was a little disheartening, if I'm honest. It was, it was pretty disappointing to 
put in all that effort and and then just kind of have it disregarded by the higher-ups. But I do want to say not everything was lost because I am really, really grateful that I got to head out to Tuma and meet Fanny and her lovely husband, Dan, and their beautiful son, uh, we had a wonderful, wonderful time together, and uh, I'm really, really appreciative of uh, the time that I got to spend down there. So ultimately, I do want to thank Great Southern Knights for making that happen in one way, shape, or form. You know, the Lord works in mysterious ways. Maybe I'll, maybe I'll do something with them again sometime. Who knows? But. Uh, Yeah, at the very least, I got to experience a completely different part of the country, and I got to meet and talk to uh, someone I now consider a friend, Uh, my my dear friend, the wonderful, beautifully talented Fanny Lumsden. So we get to share that with you now, and I'm really, really excited about it. Won't keep you too much longer, just a quick reminder that this podcast is made possible Thanks to the support of people just like yourself. If you like what you hear, then please leave a rating over on Apple Podcasts. A five-star review would be absolutely awesome. And don't forget to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts from. If you have any friends that might be interested in what we're doing, please let them know about it. Word of mouth is a huge, huge help. And if you are in a position to do so, it would be absolutely awesome if you could support me over on Patreon. For as little as $1 a month, you gain access to playlists, bonus content, and various bits and bobs from my work as a writer, as a musician, and as a podcaster. As always, we'd love to give a massive thank you to Amy Gray, Bill Robinson, Blake Hennequin, Catherine Burgess, Chris Bowden, Chris Kearns, Dave McCarthy, David Armstrong, David Beckett, Elliot J. O'Neill, Eloise Young, Jeremy Dillon, Jeremy Neal, Jonathan Elvery, Carly Herring, Katie Beershaw, Lachlan Kanowick, Leslie Bowden, Liam Sherlaw, Mark Wilson, Mary Gleason, Matthew Lynch, Paddy Abelos, Paul McWhorter, Philip Spiteri, and Will McDougall. If you would like to join this list of absolute legends, please head over to patreon.com slash David James Young. That's p-a-t-r-e-o-n dot com slash David James Young. In the meantime, if you would like to get in touch, barbandspod at gmail.com is the one to hit up. You can also follow along on Instagram at notforprintpods, where you can find out all the latest info on this podcast, The Big Show Show Show, and Doug by Us. You can also follow me on Instagram at DJYWrites, and you can follow along on Facebook at David James Young Writes. Don't forget we have two live shows coming up on October 25th at the Vanguard in Newtown, 6.30 and 9pm. Tickets available from Mosh Ticks and thevanguard.com.au would absolutely love to have you there. We've just announced today that El Fresh the Lion will be joining us for the first show, which is super, super exciting. So, yeah, we'd absolutely love to see you there. And we'd also love to see you at Fanny Lumsden's tour, which is happening through New South Wales this coming November. Let's cross now all the way over to Tuma, and let's have a chat with the wonderful Fanny Lumsden. Radiates. The street is quiet. 
Sadness comes and goes in waves. Hi everyone, I'm David James Young and all my friends are in bar bands. Today I would like to introduce you to my friend Fanny Lumsden. Hello. How are you? <laughs> I'm good. I'm pretty good. How are you going? I'm not too bad. It's been a fun couple of days. Hasn't it? We've given you farm life. You really have. <laughs> to <laughs> You've a taken of to it like a duck to water. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, a little bit of context. It is Tuesday evening. Mm-hmm. We are about the farthest and most remote and regional place that this podcast has ever been recorded. How would you describe this area? Like It's like <laughs> south... West. Yeah, we're on the western side of the Snowy Mountains. There we go. Yeah, so a place called Tuma. Mm-hmm. It's about six hours from Sydney, six hours from Melbourne. So, right. Yeah, we've chucked in the thick of it. We've been out here uh, for a uh, for a project that I'm, I'm assuming will be uh, up and running, hopefully by the time that this comes out. But does it feel kind of performative having to kind of run everything out for a bunch of fucking strangers? <laughs> a little bit. Yeah. It's not too bad. You guys are all pretty chill. So it's been it's been a nice few days actually talking to people, you know. Oh yeah, gosh. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god, hi people. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you know, talking all the time can be I think after just months and months of just being here with my family, it's um yeah, it is a bit of a shock to the old system having to entertain. <laughs> yeah, gosh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We was we've been talking about how basically you were caught in the midst of it, you know, like in this cycle of building up to putting out a record and and touring it and stuff like that and then the t- there was no tour you know yeah, wham bam thank you man yes yeah, so it's just like oh good all right great well well it was fun while it lasted we got one day of show out of it <laughs> like just snuck that baby in there yeah. too we Ooh, did just yeah just got it in yeah the record came out on, I didn't even coin this. Somebody else, did, I heard someone else in the music industry talking about this. Mm. Um, COVID Friday, so March thirteen, the album came out, which is the day that pretty much everything was announced as cancelled for the year yeah. in the music industry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which was, look, I'm going to say it's a bit of a downer on a day to put your record out. <laughs> That's a brave and controversial take, but look, I'll, I'll, I'll accept it. Yeah, it was a bumpy road. Um, <laughs> that first week, but we did manage to get a gig in there. The like we've played our show. Um, to humans, yes. Our new album to humans, uh-huh. like live in the audience, just twice. Once was that day, so we did a big launch here in Tuma at the Rec Reserve mm-hmm. um, as a big fundraiser. We had over six hundred people here in this tiny town in the middle of. Actually, when I say it's a town, mm. you can explain. You've seen it all. Yeah. What is it? <laughs> <laughs> well, I've seen this place and I've seen the B&B down the road. Yeah, there's and, a pub. Yeah. Oh, there's a pub next to it, which coincidentally is closed on Monday and Tuesday, the two <laughs> days we were here. <laughs> so, yeah, she's a tight – look, it's a community. It's a, yeah. It's a hovel. It's wonderful. However, yeah, we had a big, we had a big kind of – Launch for the album where we donated all the money, uh, all of the ticket proceeds to the local Tuma Maragal Bushfire Recovery Fund. Yes, um, indeed. However, had I had a crystal ball, maybe I wouldn't have given away my takings when I knew that my year was going to be cancelled. <laughs> yeah, fuck those guys. Exactly. What have they done for me lately? <laughs> you're like, I'm like, here's all my money, you poor things. And then they're like, and you're not making money for the rest of the year, sucker. Go be charitable. Here you go. Here's all of it. And they see a little 50 sticking out in the pocket. It's like, what's that? Oh, oh, oh. I got that from home. <laughs> oh, God. It's, it's my life savings. Um, 
look, the community have been amazing. They did offer actually to give it back. And I said, no way. All those people bought those tickets in order to help you guys. But um, mm. yeah, that was the last. Um, the, and then we we did a, we had a gig on Friday as well. Just oh, gone. Oh, yeah, yeah. You mentioned in Wagga. Yeah, Wagga Theatre. And um, I, yeah, I was like a little puppy, like a yappy puppy. I was just <gasps> like so excited. <laughs> Jumping up and down on the spot. Oh. Actually, do you know what happened? Okay, I'm just going to tell this little story. By all means. Yeah. Well, so what happened as I, um, you know, like this, we put a, we played a documentary that we have a mini documentary that we made. We mm. played that at the very start, yeah. and so it's like all serious and big music and all this kind of stuff. And then it ends and it merges into the band, you know, the smoke and all the whole big atmospheric thing. The yeah. boys have moved on onto the stage and they're ready to go. And as I walk out, the chat crowd screams, and I tripped over a lead. <laughs> And so everyone just catched themselves laughing at me, just like the whole audience. And you know what? That sent the best tone for the rest of the night. <laughs> just like, here she is, ridiculous as ever. Yep. And fools rush in. <laughs> She's the fool, that's yes. for sure. <laughs> oh, gosh. So I begin these by tracing back the initial interest in music specifically, where it changed from being something that you were maybe listening to on the radio, watching on TV, etc., to being... Uh, a moment where it's just like, well, this is what I want to do. I want to sing. I want to play guitar. I want to make music. Can you tell me about how music factored into your childhood and your upbringing and if there was a sort of switch on moment where it kind of clicked for you? Yeah, yeah, definitely. So uh, I grew up in a very musical family. There's a lot of music all around my Mm -hmm. family, much more classical based and kind of formal training wise. Um, Oh, okay. So I know he's like, oh, Oh, I see. <laughs> You're one of those. <laughs> um, I wasn't going to mention the grand piano, but, you know. Yeah, I can fit one of them and I can afford one of them. Um, yeah, I grew up, I played the piano, did all of my formal lessons. Um, my cousins all played, my family all played. Every Christmas, every family gathering, people would perform. There's musical theatre performance, there's opera singers, there's like a lot of music going on. Yeah. So there's always that kind of stuff happening. I was always a show pony, always. Mm-hmm. Like, but I, I kind of, you know, I... My dad listened to a lot of old kind of country music. Um, you know, he was a bit of a range, but he, he writes bush poetry and stuff like that. So Yeah, right. Yeah, so he like was always – and he was doing his poems around the fire and so like that kind of um, – and storytelling and yarns and, you know, he was – it was really kind of this old-fashioned kind of storytelling kind of upbringing. Right, yeah. And so then when I uh, was growing up, you know, I loved music and I, I went through like a definite – went through a country phase, not a phase – it's lasted my whole life. It's not a phase, Mom. It's not a phase. It's still going on. Um, but, you know, I, I kind of went through your teens where you kind of dip out and like other stuff. And But, yeah, it wasn't until I was at uni um, and I was actually studying rural science. Yeah, right. <laughs> I know. Um, it doesn't seem like it goes hand in hand with music. But I think I have – I think it's because I was doing this rural science degree that's really factual and there's no room for opinions and no room for creativity. Yeah. And I am um, – I just want to slam my opinion down your throat most of the time. (laughs) (laughs) And so I think that really encouraged me to start playing. But I was listening to, I want to tell you exactly what record it was. Oh, this will be good. Yeah, it was a light bulb kind of moment for me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I actually just, I've I've spoken to her about it. It was Little Eve, the Little Eve record by Kate Miller, High Key. Yep. What an and album. It was a light bulb moment for me. Yeah. I was so classically trained. Yeah. yeah. And I was doing this degree, like and learning about dirt, like soil science and like meat science and stuff. And <laughs> then <laughs> it's true, it's a subject. And I would go back to my room, like in my college, and I would put this record on and I just was like so inspired. So I just I started writing songs 
then that day basically like the first day and then I kind of you know I was really into you know Laura Marling and Josh Pike and I just kind of then expanded my listening and the way I was listening to songs and then I just started writing and writing and I'm sure I wrote 1,000 shitty songs (laughs) but it was a journey that has led me to where I am today. Where'd you grow up? I grew up on a farm in western New South Wales, um, west of West Wylong, a place called Tulimba. Double west. West, west the, is the west. The west is... People go, oh, western Sydney. And I'm like, no, keep going seven yeah. hours. <laughs> 700 k's. The most, the most west of Sydney you Westie, could possibly west, west. get. Yeah. She's a uh, Westie. <laughs> I can imagine then that coming up in that kind of community, it is very difficult to find anyone to kind of bond with over music where it's just like, oh, we might be the only two or three people here that actually like music. We have no choice. We have to be friends. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. I think so. I think it's – I was lucky that my family were really into music and I had some cousins that are around the same age. And, yeah. like, you know, I remember very clearly when my cousin um, – Got the Tina Arena CD for Christmas. The one with chains on it? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Of course. And <laughs> we just like were in her room and just like belting that out. And then I remember the Christmas when she got Dixie Chicks. She always got the CDs. And yeah. so then I like, you know, would just listen at her place or whatever. And so then she got wide open spaces. And yes. like, you know, this was, I think this was through my cousins. So shout out to Tash and Catherine who like, and then, like, that led on to all sorts of things. But, yeah, I think I think it was through my cousins that I mostly connected to, with music. That's incredible. When and where was the first time you played live? Did it count when I was a kid? Like, cause oh, I was, sure. Yeah, like, so, were you, like, in the pageants and shit or, like, a Stedfords? Like, a Stedfords, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah I yeah, was. Yeah. The pageants curled hair. No, yeah. <laughs> big light, like, big lashes. No, I um, it was, yeah, it was for classical piano. So, yeah, I remember because the first ever competition I win, I played this song called C&D on the piano when I won first. And I just was like, good day. Hey. Oh, I like this feeling. That's unreal. Yeah. So, <laughs> went all downhill from there. But, oh, oh, naturally. <laughs> <laughs> she, was, she was a steep learning curve. But I was pretty young. I would have been seven, I reckon, yeah, at yeah. a formal kind of performance. But my actually, my first ever performance was I was – Donatello, the Ninja Turtle, in my year, like my kindergarten. Well, it was the whole school because the school had twenty five kids in it. The whole yeah. school, yeah, yeah, so, yeah. So um, there was, it was a school concert in kindy, and I was Donatello, and I kicked my way across the stage as the Ninja Turtle, and that was my first ever. Performance. Hell yeah! Yeah, it was. Oh, that rocks! <laughs> I think that's why my husband married me. Naturally, yeah. You guys are heroes in a half shell. You know what's up? <laughs> it's my password for everything. Yeah. <laughs> I did notice you're always eating pizza and, you know, you also live in the sewer, which is kind of strange. <laughs> yeah, that, that bit is, I, I always question whether we've taken it too far. Yeah. <laughs> so, how old are you when you, like, start writing your own stuff? Like, because so, you, you, you come to it relative, like, relatively late. Yeah, I did in the industry sense, for sure. Yeah, yeah, So, yeah. I was playing, like, I started learning guitar when I was, like, in, like, late primary school. My mum taught me because my mum can play as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She gave me a couple of chords and then just left me to it. And I kind of played through high school, did a little bit, went away from it, started writing later in kind of, you know, later uni. And then, I suppose, seriously writing songs would probably, towards the end of my uni degree, so I would have been, like, 23, I suppose. Right, yeah, yeah, and yeah. And then... 
I moved because I was at Armadale mm. and then I moved to Sydney. I wasn't sure what I was going to do. I was just kind of figuring it out. And so I started playing at like open mic nights and stuff and, you know, that kind of yeah, yeah, yeah. clambering around. figuring. But I, my first ever gig in Sydney was at the Vanguard. Oh, um, wow. And because like, a friend of a friend had like just booked me for the show, but I didn't, I can't tell you <laughs> how little I knew about the industry. Like, like I knew music, but I didn't know the industry at all. Right. I didn't even know what a DI was. I didn't know that he was telling me to like plug my guitar and I didn't know how to do that. <gasps> I didn't know how to like, I sat down and I didn't stand at the mic. I sat like on a chair, like crouched over. Yeah. I would have been appalling. I just think it would have been so terrible, but you know, I didn't know any better. So I think I've, it's been ignorance is bliss all the way through. Oh yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Why do you think I'm so happy? <laughs> Same. <laughs> People are like that was terrible. That was shit. And I'm like, thank you. Bye. <laughs> Thanks for coming. <laughs> Love you. It's a big learning curve, isn't it? Yeah. Like, like coming to music at that age and like trying to navigate it. Like, uh, I don't know. Like, at, at what point along that trajectory? Like, is there any kind of like writing a particular song or playing a certain show or something like that where you're just like. Oh, I'm I'm starting to get the hang of this, like because it's it's so difficult to get some degree of self confidence, isn't it? Right. I think the confidence part is has never been what I lacked. <laughs> yeah, I, right. I am like arrogant <laughs> and ignorant, and I think that's why I've got to where I am. Do you know what? I think it was really incremental. Like, I think that there was never ever. M- there was a moment later on where I was like, oh, th- like I can relax for half a second. Like, this is cool. Um, but I think it was just really gradual. Um, you know, like I was playing around in these kind of bands and then, well, like I was playing around in songwriter nights and then I kind of started playing with people and then I all of a sudden kind of had this band of people that were like, including Dan, my husband now. Yes. Um, and they were all Sydneyites that had like played in prog bands and all sorts of bands yeah. for years together. And everyone, I remember people in the like around the scene being like, how did you get them all to play together? And I was, they were like, wow. And I was like, <laughs> I've literally no clue who you're talking about. <laughs> I don't have any context for this. Um, yeah, right, right, right. Just, they all said yes and it's fun and they all know each other anyway. And we, I think I tricked them all. I think I tricked them all into <laughs> playing with me. I just blindly made my way through and have just gone step by step. And I, you know, there was definitely points where I was like, ah, oh, Cool. This feels great. I, yeah. This is rad. Like I remember, I will never ever forget our first ever album launch was at St. Stephen's Hall in Newtown. Oh, bless. What a and, room. Oh, so fun. And we set up the whole hall like because of the Country Halls tour had really kind of, it been was year four by it by then. I'll go right, into, right, right. I'll explain more about it yes. later. It was packed full of like, you know, friends, family, you know, f- f- few fans, <laughs> but mm. mostly friends and family. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. But it was, re- it was really full. And we had this big setup on stage and it was like we decked it out with like lights and stage sets and all fun things. And then the moment like I started playing on stage and then the lights came up as the band came in and the whole crowd just like jumped to their feet and like just because it was a, you know, we mm. had kind of semi-sitting shows. And I remember that rush from being like, oh, oh, <laughs> yay. Yay. <laughs> Oh, yeah, there's multiple moments like that. I think that I've just like been so I've I've stopped reflecting and been like, I've this came out of nothing. <laughs> yeah, totally right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. I just didn't. I really didn't know anything, and I've just either googled and fumbled my way through <laughs> the entire thing. Happens <laughs> <laughs> to the best of us, right? <laughs> We've kind of latched on now to, I guess. 
probably what you'd be best known for, which is touring. Like, even before I had heard a second of your music, I knew who you were because every time I got an email, it'd just be like, oh, that's the woman who tours all the time. <laughs> because every time it'd be like, I, I, it would scroll down, it would have the list of tour dates, and then at the bottom would say, message clipped, view full message. And then I'd look at that, and I'd look at the full message, and I'd like, oh, fuck, there's more. <laughs> And I've heard of none of them. Literally. Yeah. I'm just like, oh, I kind of know where Mudgy is, but <laughs> where the fuck is this place? Yeah. yeah. So, enter the Country Halls tour. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, uh, this is like a chicken egg situation, but like, is, is your first tour a regional tour? Or uh, uh, like, when do, you, when do you start like playing outside of Sydney and stuff like that? Look, it was never a very traditional method of um, tour, album, music, blah, 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 blah. What yeah. happened was 2012, I have this band from the city, these hipster dudes yeah. that are um, now all of a sudden to their own surprise playing with me. Mm-hmm. And I put on these shows in Western New South Wales, called we called it the Country Halls Tour, and we went out and played in three halls and we raised money for Blaze Aid, which is a voluntary organization that raises that fixes fences after fire and flood. Yep. And we were like, let's raise some money for them. They're doing amazing work out there at the moment because there's been all these floods. Right. And let's put on shows in these halls. We'll make them free. I'd never put on events before. I made the whole thing up. We just like – and we it was amazing. People – came filled them up we had like friends like gave us a van to use another friend bought all these sound gear like everyone just pitched in right and everyone came up to us in these hall shows and we're like oh have you seen the blah 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 hall have you seen this hall oh that hall's better than this hall and i was like oh there's something going on here and um so i was like let's do it again next year once i'd recovered from that first one and then we did it again the next year and then all of a sudden, all these halls were just constantly writing to me. Like, yeah, right. And I just started getting contacted all the time. So, I was like, the year after, I did applications and we did some more halls. Um, we are now eight years later and I'm just about to close the applications for the 8th Country Halls Tour. And we've had we will, we've played in over 130 halls all over Holy Australia shit. and we've had nearly 100 apply for next year. Oh, my God. <laughs> so, it just took on its life of its own and... We have learned and got better at it as we've gone. No Um, doubt. So, like, how far along are you at at that point of doing that tour for the first time? Like, you've got an album out. No, 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 no. You don't even have an album out. No, no. I think part of its success has been for the fact that nobody knew who we were and they didn't come because they were going to see so-and-so and and I slapped a poster up and said, I'm important, come and watch us. I think that it... It worked because we made them community events first right. and people came, A, because of something going on in town mm. and um, B, uh, because I really, every hall, we really connect into community and I can connect into the people that are hosting it and we work really hard with them to make it their event. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. So that helped me grow my own fan base, I suppose, as we went from the right. start. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. so it connected me with people. We had put out one song. One single. One song. Yeah, called Hello Bright Eyes. It was, it's very cute and very different to what we're at now, but like, whatever, it was 2011 or something. So, yeah, it was never based on like, here we have an album, let's tour it. It was like always like, okay, come the country halls just happens every year. Um, and then we started putting an album. So, our first full length album came out. It was crowdfunded and came out in 2015 called right. Small Town Big Shot. Yeah, there you go. Wow. So, you, you're touring for years and years and years before you even have anything to kind of peddle your wares at these shows. Oh, I was selling things. I've always been selling things. <laughs> 
I'd sell your shirt off your back if you're not careful. Oh, look out. I'd give you another one anyway. Don't worry. Oh, Flanny. <laughs> um, but yeah. I, yeah, we essentially, we didn't have an album and it was because I've never done things conventionally, but not for the fact, because I'm trying to do them in an unconventional way, just for the fact that it's just, I've just done stuff that's made sense to us at the time. Right. Yeah. So yeah, so we crowdfunded in 2013 or 2014, I think it was. Mm. And then, yeah, did all of that. And then the record came out 2015. Right. Um, and so then that was kind of when we really went into the country scene as well. Yeah. About, around about 2013, 14, 15. Um, before that, we were, yeah, much more kind of like the city scenes and folk scenes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What do you remember about those first couple of tours, you know, like playing these, uh, like, I'm assuming you're coming to a majority of these towns are a complete stranger, like not even knowing like one person. Yeah, it was a mad learning, learning curve. They were all great. Like they're pretty much, they're all sold out these days, but like even early on, they're always full. Like, yeah, really? And so yeah, wow. I remember, look, my favorites are eight. Well, there's been, there's endless stories. Like we could talk literally all night about this <laughs> kind of on. crap. But like, okay, so I remember on the second tour, we, we rock up to the hall and this old mate comes out and he's like, you picked a bad night for it. And we're like, oh, righto. And he's like, well, it's Barbara's 40th. Up the road and everyone's gone to that and it's been ladies' days at football. Oh, no. We're screwed. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, It was fine. People come. But, like, just, like, we're like, welcome to the blah, blah, blah hall. That enthusiasm is amazing. So there's always fun contenders like that all over the place. You know, like, I think I also remember just, I'm just, I'm just, like, so excited by people saying, yes, let's do stuff. And I'm such an optimist. And I've got such, like, I'm always just like, yeah, 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 let's do it. Fun, great, awesome. That I just don't really take note of the negative stuff. And yeah. I'm, unless it's constructive. Right, yeah. And so at the time, I would just be like, this is so fun. <laughs> <laughs> and so I think I was just like, Cool, we're playing on stages, my band, there's people here, they bought tickets. Like, how rad is this? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, I think that was just really propelled me through. Sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. What about playing internationally for the first time? Like, uh, I've talked with this uh, with previous guests of the show, Henry Waggons. Uh, we were talking about how being in a relative niche of this, you know, kind of folk, old country kind of thing and, you know, doing stuff that's, uh, you know, can be kind of uniquely Australian in a lot of ways and then playing that to an audience that is literally foreign to the whole thing. Like, uh, how did you find, like, taking your music outside of the context of, you know, remote and regional Australia and playing it to people, you know, as far about as far removed from that world as you could be? I've actually, I found it really positive. I yeah? think that if you just, I was worried about that too because, like, I do have a very uniquely... I don't know, it's a bit of a confusing mix of stuff and it's, you know, it does have that Australiana vibe. But I found people were really receptive because if you, I just like came into it with such positive energy and like we all were having this great time together and I think a show is a show and as long as you really try and connect with those people, it doesn't actually matter. Um, It's all, it's just music, it's universal, right? Yeah, sure. And so maybe they didn't understand the lines about Chico Rolls and stuff like that, but that's cool. Like, that doesn't matter. Yeah. <laughs> they were having a good time. We yeah, had a exactly. good time. <laughs> Sometimes they just appreciate the novelty. It's just, that's, you know, down under, you know, everyone, know, everyone knows what a Vegemite sandwich is now. Damn straight. <laughs> <laughs> uh, maybe I'm going to be a little cliche or something, a yeah. little Australian. Yeah, exactly, cool. exactly. <laughs> I'm fine with it. Yeah, totally. 
in the last couple of years, uh, as and we've talked about this uh, as well, I, I guess, factoring in uh, you and your husband being new parents and kind of the balance between trying to strike that. Can, like, can you talk through a little bit of the, the kind of trial and error process of, you know, being new parents and, and still trying to maintain a, a career? Because, like, uh, yeah, from what you've told me, you know, it, it seems like it's just like, oh, yeah, it'll be fine. And then <laughs> as run out, it's like, things were not fine. <laughs> that was hard. <laughs> we're idiots. <laughs> um, yeah. Okay, yeah. So I went into that, like, head first, super enthusiastically. I was like, whatever, I work hard. Having a baby will be fine. Yeah. Piece of cake. I already am always tired. Like, <laughs> look, I... Joke's on you. Yeah, right? Turned out, joke was on me. <laughs> <laughs> was on me. I had no idea or no concept of what that was going to be like having a kid. We toured up until I was about 35, 36 weeks. Right. Um, and then I had the baby at 39 weeks. And then we were back on the road at three weeks <sighs> after... a Look, I had 42-hour labor, C-section, really brutal, horrible, very slow to recover, very painful. Um, and, yeah, my first gig was at Oz Indie Awards, actually, and I was performing at them, and my main focus was literally not wetting my pants. I was just like, oh. don't we on stage? <laughs> Won't look cool in this pink jumpsuit. You're in a pink jumpsuit? <laughs> I know, idiot, right? <laughs> no, it's it's amazing. Okay, it's just it's just the, the first the like, yeah, yeah. It's just like it's something to aspire to during pregnancy. It's just like I'm gonna wear that again. I'm gonna wear you, baby. <laughs> I'm not gonna wet my pants. <laughs> Fuck yeah! Well, now I need to know. Yeah, did I? Maybe a little bit. <laughs> not enough for it to show. Okay, good. <laughs> yeah, it was a, it was a pretty it was a pretty full on like. First, like we did, we we're doing a tour called Under the Hills Hoist Tour, where we play mm. in people's backyards. Um, and yeah. I, for some reason, I thought that would be an easier way to do it, um, less stress or something. Um, so basically, what that is, though, in practical sense, is my husband, myself, my brother, and my newborn in a car pulling our little tiny caravan, which is literally tiny, mm-hmm. um, and then driving around the countryside, putting on shows in people's backyards, where we like rock up, set everything up ourselves. I would then try and put the baby to sleep, give him to a stranger and be like, here's the baby. Can you please rock him to sleep? (laughs) If he wakes, please rock him to sleep. Don't keep him near me because, yeah. Anyway, so then we did that. And look, there was a lot of of moments where I was like, I never once considered stopping, ever. Right. I don't – I think I just committed to it and we were like – and we also just needed to pay rent. So I was like – Sure. It's the way it goes, isn't it? So, yeah, we did that. And then, yeah, it's been – it's been – we took him to America as well, which was... Oh, my God. He was two months old and he got really sick and... Two with a baby, they said. Yeah. It's fun. <laughs> it's fun, they said. Yeah. Nah, it's also been amazing because I have... I love performing so much. I love being out there. I love sharing music and I get to be in an industry where I get to make that up and make the rules and I don't have to take, you know, mm. that time out if I don't want to. And so I got to take him backstage everywhere and I did. <laughs> and does he like the songs? Yeah, he yeah. loves him. He, you know what he did um, when he was really young. Sometimes we give him to a stranger, but other times he just got. His, we've got little mini muffs that we sell, little baby head head muff head. Uh, yeah, ones, earplugs. Yeah, earplugs yeah, yeah. Things, and um, they're called mini muffs by Fanny. And um, we'd put them. That was a plug, by the way. Um, <laughs> Literally. We, yeah. 
<laughs> we put on, we put them on him, and he'd be a newborn. And my brother would then, because my brother um, sings, yeah, and doesn't play an instrument, so then he would hold him on stage, and he would fall asleep on stage, and then I'd be playing guitar and singing, and my husband playing bass and singing, and then he just he was on stage for most of it. So. Oh, that's incredible. Yeah. I have mm-hmm. so many videos and, and footage and photos of him on stage asleep while we were performing. Oh, gosh. That's beautiful. Yeah. We were like um, thingy and what's that Eurovision movie at the very end? Oh, the one with um, Will Ferrell. <laughs> yeah. 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 He's got the baby on his <laughs> oh, chest. Oh, God. Yeah. And I was like, that's literally us. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's beautiful. I love it. I love yeah. it. With most of the guests that I talk to, like... I feel like a lot of us come up with this very impressionable idea of what music is like, you know, and like these kind of like rock biopic kind of things where you see, you know, the trajectory of a band or an artist and it's like, and this is the point where they made it, quote unquote, right? And like as idealistic and kind of tried as that can be, like I feel like deep down every musician has at least a couple of those things in the back of their head where they get to play a certain place, go to a certain part of the world, world uh play a certain venue meet some meet a certain artist play with a certain artist anything like that like for you is there anything across your career where you look at something you were able to do or go to or someone you met or anything like that where it's just like you know if me like 23 year old me when i'm just starting out knew that this is what i would achieve by kind of going down this rabbit hole like i don't think they'd believe me yeah there's definitely been those do you know what about th- I think about those moments though is that as you go along, those goalposts just keep moving mm. and you keep having those moments, which is actually quite beautiful because it's not like, well, I do anyway. Um, so like the first ever one, I remember was hearing my song on the radio for the first time. Oh, true, yeah. And so like you know, like then you're like, oh, I made it. But then that keeps moving and it kind of keeps going on. But like, was it like a community radio or like where? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I remember when it was played on FBI for the first time and I was yeah, like super yeah. exciting and you know just like little. Little moments like that have always, I've tried to be like, oh my God, this is great. But I think the first big one that I never, ever saw coming or never, I've never had like, I'm going to achieve this, then I'm going to do this. Like, I don't have those kind of things. We're just kind of like wandering along. Yeah. And I'm, I do have strategy and stuff, but like, it's, it's much, it's very different. And I definitely never saw this coming. My first album, which we crowdfunded, we put out like, um, ourselves and then you know we literally do everything ourselves we still do yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> um with dan and i and had no idea what to do about it all and didn't know how to go because it was the first record and you have just no idea and i didn't yeah. have any expectations it got nominated for an aria award and i just i just wept oh <laughs> like gosh. it was just i it sounds fickle talking about the awards but it was just this recognition that i never even ever ever dreamed of yeah and so it was like I just, yeah, I could, I could not ever believe that. And then, you know, there's been so many of those moments ever since, like performing with different people and different festivals or uh, even just getting people writing to you about your songs. Yeah. Just like I think that has been really moving for me. I've really And I've really loved that this year. Heaps. Yeah, I can imagine like, yeah, like not being out on the road, you've like had a lot of emails and like uh, letters and whatever else, just people contacting you and talking to you about your music. Yeah, I think when people like tell you a story in person, whether it's like writing to you and say, uh, listening to this song changed like my life in this way or listening to this song really helped me at this point or. Yeah. And like it really means so much. Because you're like, oh, you've taken the time to think about that and that song helped 
I just, yeah, I find that really weird. Yeah, right. <laughs> it's like this little thing that you privately make up yourself. And yeah. it's like this thing that just comes out of you and I don't ever, ever think about it helping anyone else. And then when it does, you're like, oh. Well, yeah, well, the curious oh. thing is that it it's something that is a lot of the time like very explicitly uh, introspective and like directly about something that's happened to you. And yet when you put that out into the world, no matter how like niche or specific what you're writing about is, like someone will come out of the woodwork and just be like, I understand that. I've gone through that too. And it's like, oh, fuck, really? I, I thought that was just me. Yeah, right? totally. Yeah. Totally, totally. And I also just think that I've loved learning that people taking things in a different way too. Yeah. Like they come up and they're like, oh, this song means this and this and this and this, doesn't it? And I was like, it does to you. <laughs> like, that's awesome. Yeah. And then someone else says the opposite. I'm like, and that's oh, how okay. it is. Yeah, right. You're both wrong. <laughs> <laughs> but you never tell them that. Yeah, the customer no, is always right. <laughs> the customer is always right. But it is. I do always love that about songs, about how you kind of write it and then you and you record it and you do all of that and then you put it out in the world and it's not yours anymore. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's somebody else's, which is cool. Yeah. It's interesting now that you're kind of at this position where you've kind of carved this very specific <laughs> niche. niche. For, yeah, right? Yeah. You know, like I said, you know, people know you literally for you know, playing in the places that no one else plays, you know, like yes. the towns that wait for the annual Fanny Lumsden show, yeah. right? <laughs> and yeah, so yeah, like as obvious as it seems, like having the kind of, having the rug swept from under you and like so many other performers of your ilk, like I can imagine that's a lot to kind of of process and, and kind of take in. Like what did those months, you know, in between the, that final show and the one in Wagga like what was that like for you because yeah I've gotten a lot of different responses across the board to how people have kind of processed that for themselves yeah it's been a roller coaster for sure yeah Um, (laughs) ups and downs I think having it like take off like the the start of it or not take off as it were um having our album out and I was like Charging. I was really so much energy. Yeah. I was exhausted because I'd had like actually years on the road without a break and we'd had the fires and stuff and I was really, really exhausted. But I was I was on a level that I couldn't slow down. Yeah. And so we like hit it with the ground running and just running around in circles at home <laughs> basically. But then, you know, it kind of it was great because we also had the album out like just out so I was getting feedback through that and even though I couldn't tour at least I was getting a lot of online feedback and so that was helpful for the first couple of months but as that peters down and we didn't hit the road like didn't go on on the road anymore Mm. you know it's it's been hard sometimes too like I've really struggled with the managing the fact that I usually get endorphins every single week on stage yeah and I'm really relying on that adrenaline and now I've been trying to you know just manage your physical and mental health yeah when I'm not getting that hit every yeah. week. So now I chop wood, like you. <laughs> Get the anger out. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, but like to like really honestly, like that has been quite challenging. Um, yeah, of and course. managing the anxiety that comes with not doing that kind of stuff and yeah. not getting those outlets. Um, but then I am um, I've actually just worked pretty flat out through it out at all, just creating different kinds of content. I'm also doing a podcast. Oh, true. Yeah. I'm not giving you any details. Oh, good. (laughs) It's not going to be out for a while because I've bit off more than I can chew and I'm (laughs) just struggling. Um, 
we have like we've made a mini documentary. Yeah. Um, Dan and I did actually, which we've just um, we just finished last week, mm-hmm. and um, about kind of our last twelve, you know, twelve to eighteen months of this yeah. record life, and um, we've done lots of stuff to try and just, and then we've also been home and mm. you know. Missing the road. Yeah, of course. <laughs> Wistfully looking out the window. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> making sourdough. Kidding. I haven't made any sourdough. Not a loaf. Not a loaf. Not a single loaf. You will not find sourdough starter in my house, but you will find fermented literally everything else. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, also got my all four wisdom teeth out. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Shit. Like two and a half weeks ago. Woo. Actually. I'm, actually, maybe it's three weeks now. Look. They're all gone. There they go. <laughs> There's still ho- still holes there. Food gets stuck oh, in them. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh. <laughs> oh, man. But, yeah, as you look now to kind of the, the months ahead and the, you know, kind of touchwood return of live music and performing and stuff like that, like, uh, I don't know, is, is that something that... It, you know, even even though, like you said, the kind of goalposts have been moved, and you're kind of having to kind of adapt and change as as things progress. Is is it is it like a good mental thing to kind of have something to kind of continually be working towards? It's just like, all right, everyone just needs to fucking behave themselves, and then we can go to the show. Okay, so just cool. sit the hell down, sit Barbara. Down. Yeah. Sit down. Yeah, sit down. You cannot. Don't. Where's your mask? Wait. Sit down. <laughs> um, yeah, it is. It is mm. really. I think it's really uh, helping me have – like we've got this fellow tour that was meant to happen in May. Now it's happening in November. Yeah. Um, we're actually just having to push the Queensland dates, I think, to early next year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like we're going to add more dates in Queensland. So it's kind of like – I just see it as an opportunity to do a better job at stuff and expand them in different ways that I hadn't thought about. So like, yeah. okay, we're just going to do New South Wales. Now I can just focus on doing those shows well, even if we have to do them social distancing and like split them or singing yeah, 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 or yeah, whatever. Yeah. Like whatever. Like how can we make these as best as we – like best shows possible yeah. in the circumstances. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I think that's really motivating for me because I'm like, sure. okay, great. Okay, here, here are the limitations. How do we do something really cool and fun within that? Yeah. And that's how I, I think my brain is wired. <laughs> and then I'm always just like solutions. I'm solution-based. Don't give me any like, that can't be done. Wah, wah, blah. I'm like, mm. okay, all right. So that's the limitations. Like, what can we do? Let's, let's try yeah, and yeah, make yeah, something yeah, else yeah. cool. Fucking right. Yeah. And like, I'm pretty determined as long as it's still safe and like it hasn't got you know, anything like I'll do what I can to make these shows in November happen. Even if I have to like sing in a bubble or something. <laughs> <laughs> Wayne coin style. Yeah. 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 I'll, I'll do it. I'll do it. <laughs> <laughs> I have no doubt in my mind. <laughs> all right. We will wrap it up here. But before we do that, I ask this of all of my guests and now it is your turn. I want to know about the best and worst shows that you have ever played. <laughs> Shit. Yep. <laughs> Uh, the best show, easy. Um, that was our launch at um, back for our, this album, Fellow, back in March. Mm-hmm. Um, it was just like it felt like everything I'd ever worked towards culminated in one beautiful event. It was we ran the whole thing like from the stage to the production to like you know we coordinated everything in the ticketing to have all of these people in my home valley which is not even a town, um, come from tw- – some people drove 12 hours, like, you know, just having all these people there and then having my wonderful band. Some of my best friends, like, came and surprised me. Like, my family was all there 
and then it was a beautiful night. We'd had such a shit of a summer and like I just will never forget. I just stood on the side of stage and there was like the sunset in here, like which is beautiful mm. and that the first song of our new album, Fallow, um, Mountain Song, yeah. which is kind of like pretty like – ethereal and haunting kind of stuff we had it playing over the pa as we walked onto stage and i just i'll never forget it it was just sensational i was just like oh it was one of those like i did it you did it. i made yeah. it fuck yeah we made it holy hell i've made it. i might retire oh wait play school then i'll retire yeah um, <laughs> done that tick um <laughs> and then the worst oh shit Okay, it's a funny one. It wasn't the worst. It was just funny. Um, That's good. We played, Dan and I have done a lot of touring, just two-piece, kind of with the caravan. Mm-hmm. And we did this show in Queensland where we rocked up and um, it was a nudist colony. Like, oh. Yeah. And I'm guessing you didn't know that. Well, I wasn't, I just didn't cotton on for some reason until the owner came bounding down uh, with no clothes on. And look. Actually, it was such a funny gig. It was really fun. We had a really good time. They're a great crowd. But literally, it was like, because it was a backyard style show, there would have been like 60 people in this like little area, all nude. Um, So, did you? I didn't. No. There's a real difference. No. I was was seven and a half months pregnant. Nobody nobody needs to see that. And there's a real difference between everybody watching you and them all being pr- naked and them all watching you being naked. Like, <laughs> you know, I was like, oh, nah, I'm not against. If I was sitting with them, maybe I would have, but not right. being on stage where they're just right. looking at you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I tell you what, the merch desk was a bit of a time. Like, <laughs> yeah, you can't sell these like, shirts. I was like, yeah, and also just like that where the eye level is when you've got a table and you're sitting at a table because I was pregnant. I was like, oh, I'll sit down to do signing and it's just a line of people and they're like, they, they walk up to you at that height and you're like, g'day, mate. Oh. Hello <laughs> to all of you. <laughs> well, you are happy to see me, aren't yes, you? Oh. all of you. Oh, goodness me. So that was a funny one. There's been many, many terrible ones, I think, along the way. Who hasn't had a shitty gig? Exactly, like, right? Yeah. I think, we're, I think I'm built on them, but... um. I think there's been a lot of memorable ones too. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> the album is Fallow. It is out now. It will be out still by the time that you hear this. It will be. Yes. 2.0, 3.0. Yes, we're going to keep re-releasing this bad boy. Yeah. We're going to milk it for what it's worth. <laughs> uh, the untitled Fanny Lumsden podcast will be in your ears at some interval and God hoping we will see this wonderful, wonderful lady out on the road at some point in the not-too-distant future. So... Regardless of where you live, there is a 95% chance she'll be coming to visit. So, come say good day. Come and say good day. Fanny, thank you so much for your time and thank you so much for having us over the last couple of days. We appreciate it so much. It was such a pleasure. Thank you very much. I'm David James Young and all my friends... You've just listened to a not-for-print podcast, independent Australian podcasting.